I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And welcome to this episode of Put That Coffee Down. I'm Kevin Hill. I'm your host as always as we talk about freight sales throughout the freight and logistics world. Uh, we talk about a number of different topics, but it's always about making more sales, making it easier and more relaxed because sales should be somewhat relaxed. It should be somewhat upbeat, of course, but, but relaxed as well. And I have a very special guest with me on today, former co-host here at Put That Coffee Down, Mr. Richie Daigle. He's over at Tive right now. Uh, but we're going to bring Richie on to, to talk about a few different topics. One of them is, what's the difference between an enemy and an adversary? Two different things. So they're, they're not really the same. So if we have Richie here on, we can bring him on right now. Richie, how are you doing today? Good to see you, Kevin. Yeah, doing great here. Um, you know, trying to bear all this heat in the southeast as best I can. But yeah, everything is good. It is. It's been a hot summer. It has been roasting. Uh, it certainly has. Um, but, but let's talk about you're a philosopher. You know, you're a philosopher. You bring the the philosophy game to, to, to sell. So let, let's pick your brain a little bit. Uh, you have an interest in the difference between an adversary and an enemy. How do you de yeah. de define those two? I think there's some nuance here. Uh, you know, when I hear enemy, uh, I what comes to mind is is there is a, a sense of finality to that word. An enemy is always an enemy. You can't um, come to terms with an enemy, right? Like an enemy is always going to be what you are up against. Um, there's an impasse. There's no setting the record straight or coming together or anything like that, they are just your outright enemy and you are going to be against them no matter what. There's no listening. There's no understanding. Um, there's no changing that position. Uh, it's a fixed position. Whereas an adversary uh, can be somebody that you are directly competing against. Um, but there are times when you come together and work together and there's always the door that's open to allow you to work together in the future, even if the the, the details of what that would look like are unknown. Um, so I, I think adversaries, it, it's good. It's good to have adversaries. It's good to have uh, competition, uh, but to view your competition as adversaries. Uh, whereas I feel like the, the position of, of having enemies may not be the healthiest place for a, a company to be in or may not be the healthiest position. Yeah, so your competitors are your adversaries and not necessarily your, your enemies. I, I think the one enemy in cells, and, and that is one of your competitors, which is the status quo. I think the status quo is always an enemy. Now, other people that you're competing with, other companies in the space, or your adversaries, but I think the status quo is, to, to me, it's always the enemy because it is something that, that no one really wants. No one really wants the status quo. It's all about change in sales and um, that's the, the part of, of the game. What do you think? Yeah, and I think that's a different way to define enemy there, right? So I, I, the way I was talking about with people or, or companies, um, but mm -hmm. I think in terms of mindset, 
Sure. Like if, if there's a mindset that you always want to be against, no matter what, it would be, um, you know, uh, the status quo or, or like Carol Dweck would, uh, you know, the, the psychologist would probably describe it as a fixed mindset, or this is the way, this is what, what, what worked once. Therefore, this is what the rules should be forever. Right. Or this or is this how we've way. always done it. Yeah, this is how we've always done it. This formula or this methodology was successful 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Therefore, it will be successful today. Um, that that type of mindset, I think, is it, it, it can work out sometimes, but I think in spite of not because of uh, that that position, um, I think it's probably more problematic than anything else. And and it's a good delineation between adversary and enemy. Uh, you played minor league baseball, right? Uh, you know the sports game. One day, someone might be your, your uh, they can be your enemy. Someone on the opposing team, right? The, the, because tomorrow they might be on your team. So, you know, everyone's out. You know, major league baseball, um, NFL. They all play in the league. They're all competing against each other. They're all adversaries, right? Um, but not necessarily enemies because they could be teammates at any given time. Exactly. And you, you think about, that's a great way to put it, Gavin, because you think about an enemy, uh, the word that goes along with that is a grudge, right? Like I have a grudge yes. against an individual. And even if they become my teammate, I'm still going to want to fight them or I'm still like, I still don't like them or I yeah. can't get with them or I can't work with them because they're my enemy. Um, whereas an adversary, exactly how you described it, like we're competing against each other today and tomorrow we may be teammates. Um, and and I, that's, that goes along in business as well. Like you don't know what's going to happen in mm -hmm. the business. Uh, a company that you may be competing against one day, you may be working with in some capacity the, the following day. Uh, and then you, you see this sometimes where companies that are competitors come together uh, uh, for the good of the end customer, right? Or, or, or to discuss topics or to push themselves to be more innovative for the good of the end user. Um, and, and they need each other, right? Like that is a worthy adversary that that is going to push you further than you would have gone on your own. That's healthy. I, I think it, it becomes unhealthy when, when uh, like we hate this this company or this this organization, and we're out to ruin them. We want to sink them, and we're going to you know go to all means necessary to to bring them down. Like that sort of mentality becomes more about the 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 enemy and less about the end user and what you're trying to do as a company. And, and this is a perfect point because it's all about the customer. It's always all all about the the market you served and what best choice there. It, it is a great analogy too because. You know, a company that is your enemy might acquire you or you might acquire them. And then you're really all going to be on the same team, uh, maybe at a certain point in the future as well. You know, whether that's competitor, you know, you have joint ventures, you have partnerships, you have, uh, you know, selling partnerships, right? Business partnerships. But then you have the, the full scale acquisition of a company or a combination of those two and uh, who might be your enemy one day you're going to be working alongside them and you're going to have to change your tune a, a bit if, if you're all part of the same organization. Exactly. It's like, what type of seeds are you sowing? Right. I, and you don't know what the, the weather is going to be. You don't know what's down the road. The only known is 
the unknown. You know, the only certainty is uncertainty. <laughs> it's, um, you know, that uh, some of these great the only constant is change. Exactly. So, like, you know, you got to sow seeds that that puts you in the best position no matter what. And, and I think it's always good to to put good seeds out there um, and, and do right and be respectful and, and have worthy adversaries and push each other, but, you know, refrain from this whole concept of, of developing enemies. And, and, and the, the dichotomy between two really speaks to, to kind of our, our next topic here, which are values, right? And then that's this part of values is how you frame on that competitive landscape. Um, and, and tell us why are values so important? Well, I think, you know, one of the best quotes that I heard was from um, the Camus brothers that own a, a really nice restaurant in Seattle. Um, and they said, you know, values are only values if they cost you something. So I think if you, if you ask any run person on the street or any salesperson, like, what are your values? You're going to say, oh, trust and honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. I work hard I and mean, all these things. Um, and that all sounds wonderful. And it's great. It's a good exercise to like brainstorm positive words that you feel are attributes. And, and these are all, it's fine and dandy, but it's meaningless if these things don't cost you something. And if you go through what, where you're, you're, making changes and, and changing your priorities and what is taking a back seat in your day to day, whether it's, you know, time with family or hard work or, um, you know, honesty or integrity, all these things, like how are you actually living and what, what's taking a back seat in order for you to get business done and what are, what are you having to cut? That's going to illuminate. Those are your values, whether you want, whether you like them or not, or whether you don't like them those are your actual values. <laughs> so I think that it's good to do kind of an inventory from time to time, you know, whether it's monthly or quarterly or every so often and say, you know, how am I doing and are my values sticking in that? Am I sacrificing for my values? Am I making, are my values actually costing something? Uh, you know, the, the things that I want to be my values, um, or are other things actually my values that maybe I'm not so proud of and I need to, to maybe I need to make some adjustments, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's important to just understand that framing that no matter what you say about your values, unless they cost you something, they're really not your values. They're just good, fun, positive words. And that makes a lot of sense, right? The, the, the way you frame it there makes a lot of sense because in sales, right, we're offering value, but it's going to cost you something. Um, you know, we're going to offer you efficiency. We're, just, we're going to offer you a chance to, to grow your revenue, but it is going to cost you. Now, you know, sales are made when values far exceeds the, the cost of a, a service or, or product, but your own personal values should be the same trade-off in, in a lot of ways, right? Um, if 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 your values don't cost you anything, any, any subtractions in other parts of your life, then what really are they? Exactly. You got to have some sort of weight to them, right? And, and there mm-hmm. has to be something that makes them stick or makes them heavy. And, and that is like a, a form of sacrifice. So in business, you have the you know the monetary sacrifice that you're paying in order to get a, a value or a service or, or you know, the thing that you're wanting from that uh, vendor or, or subscriber or what, or what have you. Um, but that has to make sense, right? Like the the what you're sacrificing has to be aligned with the value that you're receiving in a business sense and in a personal sense. You know, you're 
what are you going to hold to as your actual values? You know, if family life is your values, how, how are you sacrificing for that? What sacrifices are you making and, and so forth? So I think these are always good questions to ask, whether it's business or, or the personal. Yeah. I mean, you only have so much time, right? Time is the, the most valuable resource out there. And for individuals, it's, it's really uh, uber important uh, time and, and where you focus your time in. So you have to sacrifice your time in, in certain areas. And, and that's a choice that, that everyone has to make, right? Um, where they want to devote their time and energy uh, into doing. Uh, though there's a lot that you can really cut out and you won't lose anything, but there's there's quite a bit that if you cut out, you, you do lose something. Yeah, it's one of these great paradoxes, right? Like it, the make the, I think making the most of your time and being that as efficient as possible with your time includes carving out time to sit and do nothing. <laughs> no, yes. And like whether it's meditation, whether it's uh, just downtime, not sc- not scrolling not looking at the news, not distraction, but just doing nothing. And that's the hardest thing for any salesperson to do because we are trained, we are programmed mm-hmm. to run 24-7, we'll run through a brick wall. You want me to make 100 calls today? Give me the phone, I'm, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to just work myself into a cave and I'm going to feel good about it at the end of the day when I drink a beer and pass out. <laughs> you know, So like this is yeah, the yeah. mindset, but... I think you can lose track of the quality of that work or just lose track of even zooming further out the quality of life in general, which is why you're working in the first place, um, you know, without like that, that moment on a daily basis to just unplug everything and just do nothing for a moment. It doesn't have to be five hours of doing nothing and suddenly like your job's at risk, but find space, you know, like I, I think that is, a really good, healthy practice to uh, to use time in a really, really wise way. Yeah, you know, a, a calm mind, you make better decisions, you make smarter decisions, you make more uh, exponential uh, decisions, which uh, as salespeople and business people, we want to do. We want our decisions and our activity to be exponentially uh, favorable, right? And not linear. We don't want uh, to, to make small incremental, all of our decisions and strategies aren't for incremental improvements over time. Uh, oftentimes they're for, you know, complete failure nine out of 10 times, but that one success uh, pays for itself and, and many times over. And you have to have a calm mind to, to really be in that creative mindset to, to, to pull that off. Yeah. And you want to get away from that kind of, you know, I find myself, you know, especially when I was younger, uh, uh, being in, in a more reactive mindset, you know, like I was mm-hmm. going to react super fast. You asked me a question, boom, I have an answer. Look how fast I got that answer for you. It was awesome. Wasn't it? I answered your email in 15 seconds. Um, <laughs> this yeah. sort of kind of reactive, just go, 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 go. Um, and I think, you know, as you kind of age and you, you you see some of it, it's good to go through that process and to learn those skills. But at the same time, you want to mature out of that to a certain extent where you're more present in every moment and you're, you're trying to take in as much information as possible and be as curious as possible and then be slow, you know, like take your time to think through things and be methodical and like 
you know, pay attention to all the details along the way. So you, you don't miss anything early on that comes back to bite you later. Um, it's just a better way to be, you know, but that, that takes practice. And I think part of that practice is just learning how to sit still, um, and, and get out of that sort of reactive mindset. Yeah, you don't always have to have an answer, right? I mean, I think that's where, where a lot of salespeople missed up. You know, you don't always have to have the answer immediately. You say, hey, give me a couple of days to think about that. Let let me let me um, ask a few people and see what I can put together, right? Not everything is as urgent as we make it out to be, and we put on our shoulders uh, for that. Really, the, the the key, you know, as you get older, maybe is asking the great questions. As asking better questions is is much better and much more profitable than always having the answer. Always having the answer um, will, will trip you up much more than than having great questions. A hundred percent. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people that have had a tremendous amount of success in their careers, and, and because of that success, they kind of have this idea that like, oh, like what I've done has been successful, which is a natural kind of position to land in. But they, they, they kind of fall into that fixed mindset of, well, I, now I have the answers based on the success that I've had. Um, and they may find themselves in a position where they don't see the success they were expecting. And, and, it, and sometimes it can be because, you know, they're, they're missing things, you know, because of that, that kind of approach or that mindset. So I, I think I'm always impressed by people, regardless of their status or what they've done or haven't done or their title or the company they work for, but the people that are always inquisitive and asking questions, um, no matter what, especially the ones that have achieved a lot of great things and are in mm-hmm. big role and have a lot of power when they're still humble enough to ask questions that might seem embarrassing or like, wow, you asked that question? Like, you know, like, wow, that's, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. That, those are the people that are, that are the most impressive to me. I, and I kind of hope that I can become one day. <laughs> same, same, same here. Um, let's move on to, to why, you know, what's the power of why, why it's important to, to ask why. Why has so many different ways that you can go? I mean, I, I think in that same sort of inquisitive, curious mindset of like, internally constantly asking why you hear a response to something like why did they say that why was this the case or why are they why are they doing this why was that their answer like i'm really curious to learn more about that i think that in, internal constant you know the, your internal two-year-old that's always asking why 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 can can be really helpful but then also knowing your own internal kind of like simon Sinek wrote the book about find your why like why are you doing what you're doing um, why are you in sales? Why are you working for this company? Is this in line with your values? Um, you know, like making sure that those big, massive puzzle pieces of life are placed and that you have the, the square peg in the square hole, so to speak. Um, that, that version of why is also incredibly important to, uh, to contemplate and be aware of as well. It is. You should question everything, right? You should question everything and why you should question yourself uh, a lot. Um, why am I doing it this way? Why? And then you, you have to come up with your own justifications of, of why you're doing it. And hopefully you come up with good justifications. Or if you don't, then it's time to uh, rethink how you're operating. 
And um, if you're not always asking why, then you're going to get stuck in the status quo, which is, I will still contend, is the enemy of us all. It's, uh, it was the, the, the famous comedian, I think it was Tim Minchin, said, you know, everyone says opinions are like assholes. Hopefully I can say that word here. Um, and he's <laughs> like, and, and that's that's true in a lot of senses, but he's like, I would argue that opinions are greatly different than assholes and that opinions should be constantly and thoroughly examined on a daily basis. And so I get it. It's a funny sort of joke, but um, it makes a good point in that whatever you think your position is or your opinion or the thing that you know so well, especially the things that you are convinced are absolute quote unquote truths, test them, ask why, you know, like use some sort of tenacity there to, to really drag them out and, uh, and evaluate them on a constant basis. And uh, I think that's a healthy practice. I guess too, and I, I will say the, the the power of why. Always ask yourself why. I, I go back to Chris Voss's books. Uh, you know, never split the difference uh, about why can be a threatening to to, to customers and prospects and first uh, adversaries, and um, and to maybe reframe those whys into more hows and whats. Uh, whenever you're talking to other people, because it can be uh, threatening. It's accusational in in, in some ways. Um, which is a, a, a weird, a weird meaning of why, right? But but you know you, you're actually sometimes second guessing people, or that's the perception of it. Um, so I, I would refrain from using why in in business conversations sometimes, but or limit that. But you know, beat up on yourself a little bit and, and ask yourself why quite a bit um, throughout the day. You're exactly right, and, and I think the why question, you know, when you're in the business setting has to be an internal question that creates what those those other versions or those other more creative questions that Chris Voss would talk about. So I, I think you're exactly right. You can't just be sitting there going, why? 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 I why? mean someone's gonna be why do you get do out it of this my- way? Why? <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah you, you, you went to position the conversation to where the, the other person's asking themselves the why question. So you're not doing it. You're just getting the conversation to that point of like, well, yeah, why, why do I do that? Well, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. There's a humility that has to be injected there. And, and that's a, a fundamental key for sure. So Rishi, what are you reading right now? What am I reading? Um, so I, I just started, uh, a, an economics book by Kate Rayworth called Donut Economics, uh, which is a it, it's an interesting an interesting thing that yeah. I want to I don't know a ton about yet, but I'm really intrigued by. It. And I read another book that was talking about economics and how we still haven't developed a theory yet that takes into account the second law of thermodynamics, kind of chaos theory, and that stuff's always going to get crazy as it gets bigger and more complex. So I'm kind of curious if if her argument is. Uh, one that kind of takes that into consideration or, or what it says, but it, she's gotten a lot of traction. A lot of people are talking about it. I even saw um, David Schillingford like post something about it on LinkedIn the other day, which caught my attention. So um, anyways, yeah, that's uh, I'm just digging in. Don't have anything to report yet, but but looking forward to it. So is it just the dynamics of a, a system or economy as it, as it grows and the chaos that, that ensues from that? Yeah, I think like the the previous book Bubbles. I read was was talking about how like we don't we, we've not ever taken that into consideration, right? Like that um, 
as things grow, they get more complex. And as things become more complex, they become more chaotic. And you have this entropy that has to be accounted for. Um, and otherwise, it becomes kind of out of hand, right? So like uh, at mm-hmm. what point do you have a model that 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 accounts for that? Um, so I, I think that's a, it, it's like, you know, why do trees only get so tall? Um, why do airplanes get to a cruising altitude and not just keep going? <laughs> you know, because like there's problems <laughs> that, that happen and there's like very there fundamental, are. right? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. It is. It is the more complex and the larger a system gets, the, the more fragile it gets in, in a lot of ways, especially when, you, when you're talking about efficiencies. But we are running out of time here on this episode of Put That Coffee Down. If you want to reach out to, to Richie Daigle, you can do that. LinkedIn is probably the, the, the best way, right, Richie? Yeah, LinkedIn or, you know, uh, Tithe as well. Uh, Richie.daigle at Tithe.com. So R-I-C-H-I-E dot D-A-I-G-L-E at Tithe.com. And um, yeah, either Got way, the late then too. Thank, thank <laughs> you very much, Richie. And that's going to wrap it for this episode of uh, Put That Coffee Down. Go out, make some sales, and make some margin this week. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive to win and expensive. I got expensive to win and expensive. I've been getting out of work. I've been shutting down the store.